it's your girl, Chanae Ogwamake. And I am Lisa Leslie, and this is Front and Center. We do it with our own little flavor, right? We do it with our own little seasoning, right, Lisa? Well, you know I'm seasoning, and you are what? Flavor. So we will be what? Front, Front and Center. center. <laughs> Lisa, how's your week so far? I've been reflecting. I am very thankful and grateful because I realize I may be a little bit of a workaholic, Janae. I feel like with real estate, with my, you know, we need to talk co-hosting on that show, with my public speaking. Oh my gosh, what else? It's just, I feel like I just have so many different jobs and things to do. And I didn't mention obviously my family, but I'm thankful. I really am because we are in the middle of a pandemic. I've done like over 315 cameos, which are basically video messages to people and to businesses and corporations, leaving them inspiring messages or helping people to just, you know, stay motivated through COVID and working. And I've really tried to stay positive throughout this whole pandemic and finding ways to still obviously work. Um, Zooming from home and doing Zoom public speaking has been amazing, actually doing that for corporations. So I'm really just trying to be thankful. We're really blessed that no one is sick. And um, wow, as the COVID numbers go up, it's just, it's incredible what's about to happen, I think, for, I don't know, our winter. But enough about me. How have you been doing this week? I've been good. I've been good. I'm finally like finding the right pace to everything. Just making sure that honestly, the sprint has been like really tough just because we play basketball and then we also talk about a variety of things, you know, sports. Now we're in the climate where people are calling us to talk about not sports. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think it's been hard because you're trying to like, you sort of balance your life by the seasons. Right. Yeah. And so typically Summertime is where we're playing and then fall is when people are getting back to school and everything's winding down. But now it's like there's everything at once. And so finally, I feel like we've gone past that first wave of like, wow, pandemic. Wow. All the stuff that's happening on the news and social unrest. Like, and now it's what do we do with it? And it's like we've all unpacked it. We're all dealing with what, like you said, one of our favorite shows, winter is coming. Um, (laughs) And so... I think now I finally have a grip over the pace in which I can move at, which is nice because I think ever since March, we might've been like at home, but like everything was still, it still felt like we were doing a lot because our emotions were going through a lot. So Mm -hmm. I finally have found my peace. Like, you know, I listen to you. I wake up Mm -hmm. and I say my prayers. I text my mama because you know how my mama gets. And the first thing I do is get up and go make my tea. Normally I would make tea for my for the show, the radio show, which yeah. is not till like lunchtime, but I was like, you know what, let me start. And so it's good. It's like a cleanser. It gets mm-hmm. me going. And speaking of the radio show, I had the worst guest. Let me tell you who it was. Ooh. My little sister Erica. She came on the she, show. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> what happened. So I have about one, two, three, four, five screens up in here because we're a mobile show. Yeah. <laughs> and she wanted to tell me something so bad. And so I text her, I'm like, girl, like this, you know, we were playing phone tag the whole morning. And then I call her on one of the, the first commercial break of the show. So she thinks I'm not on. And so she starts blasting me and she's calling me during the show. So first the computer notification went off. I was like, oh, shoot, mute. Then she calls me on my iPad, boom. Then she calls me on my actual oh, screen man. where my notes are, my Zoom screen. And it's ringing so everyone can hear. I just had to go like, I'm sorry, guys. I tried to tell my little sister, but she just kept, she kept, what did she, want? she was so persistent. What did <laughs> Nothing. She, she was want? like, oh, you call me. She was like, oh, you call me back. I was just checking. I was like, what? In the middle and so, of you uh, being on live television. I know. I was so mad. So I was like, you know what? So I hit her in the break. I was like, girl, you better stop calling me. And I was like, you know what? I had to, I had to go on and tell people it was you calling. So I needed to call into the show and say exactly right. what happened. So she called in and she was like, hey, yeah, my bad. <laughs> 
Like, right. I'm in medical school. I'm studying. So I get my time mixed up once I'm studying. So we had a laugh about that. So it wasn't my mom this time. It was the littlest one. Oh, that's so cute. I just love the fact, you know, for me, family first, I always say that. And so the fact that you guys check on each other, that you guys love each other the way you do is another one of the reasons why I love you, because you know that the value of family and keeping family first There's a lot of things in the world that wants to tear family apart. And you guys are raised with such great values. The same that I, you know, I I want you to call my daughter and talk to about because (laughs) she needs a mentor just as I mentor you in terms of, I don't have to tell you about my values because you can see my values daily. And Mm -hmm. I see your values, you know, daily, but I love that your mom and your sisters and you guys are so close. I, I just value family so much and the, the fact that you guys have such healthy relationships. So anytime mama calls, you stop and take her call for your sister. You know, I usually answer the phone because my sister and I, you know, we're really close too. And I'm like, are you okay? Okay. I'm working. Gotta go. Love you. You know, my mom will call. I'm like, mommy, are you okay? Okay. Good. Love you. I'm working. Gotta go. You know, so those are usually like how I answer. I always answer, but I'm like, are you okay? Stay like, here. If you're good, then now's not the time, boo. Because my sister will be like, hey, girl, hey. I'm like, no, I am working right now. So the beauty of family. You know, family comes first at all times. Yeah. FOE, family over everything. But I am so excited today because your friend, who <laughs> is our friend in our heads growing up, but also a mother, she plays a mother on screen and she's a mother in real life. But more importantly, this is your girl, Lisa. I'm so excited that we'll have her join us today. I'm really excited that Tashina Arnold will be joining us. She's an amazing actress, singer, comedian. But what I really love about her is that um, she is not only an amazing actress, she's a great mom, like helicopter mom like me. You know, we have an amazing opportunity to raise daughters that want to look like us. They see us. We take our roles in their lives very seriously. And then what's been interesting is Tashina's career has gone from, I mean, she started when she was three, but 15 years old to even now, now she's starting to play moms, right? So she's moved into roles where she's the moms. She's a mom of moms. And I can't wait for us to talk to her about just her career and what it's like being a boss in 2020 and having a 16 year old. Yes, yes. It's going to be so much fun. We will talk to her soon. But first, we'll talk about motherhood. We'll talk about career and balancing them both. But first, I got to grab my tea. Lisa needs to grab her Perrier. (laughs) So we'll be right back after the short break. So today we are talking about motherhood and career and balancing them both. Now, when it comes to me, I have a career or careers, plural, but yet I have yet to become a mother, right? When it comes to you, Lisa, you have all of them. You have (laughs) all of them in your back pocket. You have amazing careers as an entrepreneur, as a basketball player, as a broadcaster, and you also are the mother to two and may I say this, beautiful, so well-behaved to my view. I know that they have, you know, everybody has their days, but yeah. there's such amazing young children. You have Lauren, that's 13, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. And Michael, that's double digits, 10. Yeah. Um, you started having children while doing it all, right? While you were playing. What was that like? How did you come to the decision? Like, okay, the time is right for me. And for those who don't know, it's really hard to make the decision like, I'm ready to have a child while playing professional sports because then you're sort of willingly putting your career on pause and then also trying to decide when you come back, like, is this the right time for me to come back? Can I still be the same player I was? I'm sure you had all of those thought processes going through your head. So how did you get to that decision? Like the time was right. And then also how did you balance it all? Because I'm sure there were some days you're like, all right, like this is getting tough. Like you're doing different things. How was motherhood, you know, that beginning, that first step in the journey? How did you see that when you were going through it? You know, I think when you are an entrepreneur and you have a career, it never feels like 
to be honest, it's the right time to have a child just because you know that no matter what your job is, you're going to be letting somebody down at some point. And whatever reason, I don't know if society makes us feel that way or if that's just the way I felt. But knowing when I found out I was pregnant with then obviously my daughter, Lauren, I was so scared to tell, you know, the Sparks Laker organization um, to tell the buses like that was very hard because I felt like I was going to be letting down our whole organization. And I did. I mean, we went from first to worst <laughs> and it was hard to watch. But the blessing in that was by us not doing well. The L.A. Sparks then got the number one pick, somebody by the name of Candace Parker. And then the rest is history. So um, that probably was the biggest blessing that happened, you know, in a roundabout way. But I was never comfortable with the idea that I had to like have a press conference and announce that I was pregnant and that I was going to be missing the 2007 season. Um, I believe I had just come off MVP award as well. So not easy, not comfortable. But you get to a point where, hey, this baby's coming, whether you want it or not. You know what I mean? And so I was there and I was in practice. I was in practice pregnant. I was on the side doing the elliptical. And I think in my head of not ever having a child, thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have a child and I'll be back. And that's not the way it happened. In fact, Lauren was breached, which means she was head up. I had an option to get her turned and decided not to. So it was difficult. I had to have a cesarean, which was something else. I was like, I skipped the C-section class because I'm like, I'm going to have a baby natural and go back and play. So we make plans, as my mom says, and God makes alterations. My baby came the way she was supposed to come by C-section. And so that delayed my process of getting back because I thought I could still play the end of the 2007 season, but not after a C-section. So everything was just different. And I had to come to the awareness that my body was different. My body, my abs ain't never been the same. Unless you go get surgery and get them pulled back across the way they were, they never return completely back the way that they were, depending on the size of people's babies. I won't speak for everybody. I'm not a doctor, but mine didn't. Considering my baby was eight pounds, 13 ounces. She was huge. And my abs never (laughs) went back. And so it was difficult. It really was. I wouldn't lie to you, but... The fact that I had a child, I had a healthy child, I have a wonderful husband. Lauren has been all around the world. It was like baby backpack. The baby was on the front, the backpack was on the back, and we rolled out. So she's been, her passport is full. I took her everywhere. I nursed her. I was pumping in the locker room, in the back room. You know, your boobs will swell up with milk while you're in the middle of practice. you like, I need a timeout. It was everything. I nursed my baby. Um, I loved every moment of it. But the one thing I realized is that I could no longer give 100% to basketball. And that's when I started to know it was time for me to make choices because I could not give 100% to my baby. I could not give 100% to my husband. I could not give 100% to basketball. And that's where I had the realization like, dang, this this is real. This is serious. And it's a sacrifice. But nothing's more important than the child. And so that was my sacrifice was to figure out I wasn't at practice first anymore. I wasn't the last one there shooting. I had to just come in, be on time for practice, get back home, pump, get this milk out. And it was just it was an adjustment. It really was. Lisa, you just told me so much. (laughs) But first of all, one thing I love is that saying, you know, man plans, God laughs. Right. But the fact that you had to have a press conference to announce your pregnancy, we're just now starting to realize gender reveals can be too much, right? Right, right. (laughs) But like, that is a nerve-wracking experience, knowing that one of the things that should give you the most happiness, I'm pregnant, we're happy, but now you have to deal with your profession where this can be considered to some a liability, like, oh, well, she's pregnant this season, we don't have her. Mm -hmm. I love how you tied it together to being a blessing in disguise. And the fact that you're pumping in locker rooms and you're always on the go. What made motherhood easier? Like, what was that one thing that while you're going through this, because there's so many moms out there that have to do so much 
And if they could just hear, this is what helped me balance everything. What was that for you? For me, it was the village. It's my mom. It's my sister, Tiffany. It's my nanny and our closest friend, my sister's best friend, Stephanie, who helped and traveled with me. So while I was at the game, actually literally on the court plane, either my mom, my sister or Stephanie had Lauren with them, you know, me laying out her outfits and bathing my baby. I never wanted anybody to know my child more than me. So I'm completely was a hands on mom. I'm feeding my baby. I woke up with Lauren at 2 a.m., 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. and still had a game the next day. I never wanted anybody to have a more, a closer relationship to my child than me. That's probably the competitor in me. But in that, I had to respect the help of the village. And you have to have people around you that you trust. But I remember always saying this to my mom, my sister, and to Stephanie. Don't think and treat my child the way you would. Think how I would. Like, be me in these situations. So, for example, one situation was that my sister took Lauren when she was about almost two years old to the circus, right? So I'm like, okay, you took my baby to the circus. Why, when they came back from the circus, did she have a picture with a, what the heck is the name of a, like, cobra with Lauren holding the snake around her neck? Shanae, <laughs> to this day, my sister, she just, no, don't bring up the picture with the snake. In what world would I have let my baby go down to the circus store and let the people put a snake around my baby's neck? In no life. So when I tell you I was hot, like I'm getting pissed right now. You don't let my baby put a snake around her neck because she says she want to touch the snake. Like, oh, <laughs> girl. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. Village is important, but you need the village to do and be the mom you would be to your child, not the mom they would be to their child. Sorry, I just have to ask, girl. Was there a line of defense? Was there like, or was it yeah. just like, no, 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 my bad? Talking about she said she wanted to touch the snake. She wanted to hold the snake. <laughs> is that how Lauren is, though, in personality? Is, yes. is she, like, fearless like that? Yes. Lauren went over to a neighbor's house before, and they had, like, a built-up pool with the rocks where you can kind of uh-huh. jump off. But they had a slide built into their rocks. Lauren, I'm thinking, goes up the back stairs to come down the slide. She's standing at the top and does a double front flip off the rocks into the pool. So were you proud or were you mad? I was like, oh my, like, no, why would you do that? She's just, she is a, yeah, she's a daredevil. She goes after it, but I'm not feeling This is why I love this. Because on the other side of that is MJ, right? Who is like the world's cuddliest, sweetest little boy. (laughs) The conservative one. Yeah, he's like me. So what happened? What did Lauren do, Mom? Okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, MJ is a little bit different. MJ is like a super hard worker, type A, structured, organized. He'll jump off some stuff, though. He's had more broken bones already than anybody in the house, so he's still a boy. So so how was that pregnancy, though? How was that pregnancy? MJ's was different because I had retired in 2009. I was actually pregnant with him in my last uh, series of basketball, actually, in the playoffs. I didn't know I was pregnant, but I was. So he was in there. So he's automatically a baller just because he was in my belly while I was still playing. But uh, that pregnancy was better. I had a C-section because usually they tell you if you have one C-section, you should have another, which was fine. But he was great. He was a good baby. A slobberer, though. Gosh, but he's a good baby. He whines a lot, but he's a, he was a good boy. Lauren never slept. She was up every two hours. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Can you please, baby, go to sleep for longer than three hours? She's She's still... She sleeps well now, but gosh, she was awful. (laughs) Awful (laughs) sleeper. Well, what I love about, you know, you and your kids is that you always are that great example for your children. My parents are the same way. If you're going to tell them you need to work hard and work out hard, guess what? We found out you're going to be working out right there with them to show them the way. What do you think your kids have learned in watching you balance your career and motherhood? How do you think, you know, and if you had their eyes, what do you think they see in you? They definitely know that I'm a believer. If you're going to do it, do it right. They know that I'm a lover of the Lord and that at the times when I'm upset with them, probably most, I usually turn on my gospel music just to like diffuse what I'm feeling like, 
and to help ease them. And then we usually end up singing like, you know, a gospel song. And that's how we kind of end our like, oh, when I would want to like choke them. And I just think that they know I love them hard. I love them every day. I tell them every single day of their lives that I love them. I'm a hugger. I'm a very affectionate mom, um, but I'm also a firm mom. I am not their friend. I don't try to be their friend, but I do have a little symbol that I do. If they give me like a pinky and or they say, mom, I need to talk to you privately, then that is the moment where I'm not going in as mom so much. I'm going in to really listen to what is going on in their lives. And that's an important space for us, for them to have a space to be able to really express what they're feeling, whether it's they feel like I'm too hard on them or they like somebody at school or, you know, MJ, you know, MJ, keep girls liking him. So, you know, so-and-so, you know, I got to I had to keep up with this dude because he keep a girlfriend. So, um, you know, those are our moments in our space that they could talk to me. I think it's important for kids to have a safe space to be able to communicate with their parents about anything. And, and I try to provide my kids that. That's good. That's it. Because, you know, for me, at least, like thinking about motherhood is just, I am ready. You know, everyone makes, everyone's like, really? Like, you should be living your best life. I'm like, I am, you know? And it's funny because I was watching a show and it made this like idea that there are people that work to live mm -hmm. and there's people that live to work. Yeah. And I think I live to work, meaning I do what I love and I love to work. And you have that same gene. That's just the cloth yeah. that we're cut out of. Yeah. But if you work to live, that's just as fine. But like me being in this lens of always working and also like two very strenuous jobs, as you know, you do the same thing right now. Mm -hmm. I've made peace with like, if there's a time, like I grew up with two younger sisters and an older sister. So like technically raising kids, it felt like you had that because my little sisters are four years younger than me. But wait, so I want to ask you about that. Yeah, because I want to oh, ask. Really? Yeah, because see, my little sister is eight years younger than me, who I did literally beyond help raise, who lived with me even when she got out of, you know, she lived with me from high school and college until I put her out of my house. But <laughs> do you feel like you've already had kids because you have younger siblings that you've helped raise? I absolutely do because. When you have four girls and we're all pretty close in age, mm -hmm. so I'm number two, mm -hmm. and then Olivia's number three, four years in between us, okay. and then about five and a half years between me and the youngest. Mm -hmm. And then for NECA, that's about seven or almost eight years between the youngest and the oldest. Yeah. So NECA being eight when the youngest was born, or like 10, and you know the youngest was two, my mom could say, all right, get your sisters ready. And so we'd have to be the ones that could get them ready. Yeah. NECA did most of the work. I was always hype man cheerleader because yeah. NECA's like very much type A. Yeah. And so she's like, all right, we're setting out these outfits. You're going to wear this. And I'm just standing there like, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how we roll. And so I wasn't necessarily like doing the nitty gritty work because I was NECA, but I was standing side by side there with NECA yeah. as a tag team. And so, yeah, I absolutely feel like I've helped. I wouldn't say I'm the one that raised it, but I was there as it was happening for my yeah. younger sisters. And then now I think I've learned it on a different level because I am now the godmother to my young little godson and then also another godmother to twins. Oh my gosh, the cutest boy and girl twins that just turned two. And so now like, it's just funny because once you have that, you know, spiritual blessing upon being a godparent, you feel like you're like, I am responsible for this child as well. Yes. And so like the first time I was named a godmother, I was actually like in my family, the first one that really got to know because this was my family member that was in Nigeria. And I was the one always going back to Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And so I got to know my godson at an early stage before he came to start living with us here in the States. And so, you know, getting that one-on-one -on -one relationship and he was like really young. And then now he's older. He's 10, he's MJ's age. Okay. Like it's cool to see them grow. And so like when I go home, that's my son. That's who I'm always hanging out mm -hmm. with. And so, yeah, I feel like at age 28, if like if the situation arose, like I wouldn't be afraid of being a mother now. Really? Gosh, let me tell you, my no, my mom would be so happy. She just like she wow. wants to be. A, I would say a, wait in a heartbeat. These kids are no I joke. am. But let me ask you, so do you want to wait until after you retire from playing basketball to have kids? Or are you like saying if you were in the right situation with quarantine play, let's just say. <laughs> 
you, you know, heading in the right direction, obviously, of marriage and children. Do you believe yeah. it has to be that order or no? So I don't think things need to happen in order. Okay. I don't think that you need to be married to have a kid. Like, I think we're all past that at this oh, point. Okay. It's like you could be in a situation where you're long term and it just works out that you don't need, you don't. People think of marriage differently now, you know, like they don't think of it like it was before, because my generation grew up reading the stats that like, 50% or 51% of marriages end up in divorce. Like we're hearing that. We have the situation where millennials, we are choosing to live at home longer mm-hmm. because we grew up in the recession where we saw our parents like, all right, we're going to have to, you know, crunch our wallets. And, you know, now we go to college and we have student loans and we're dealing with that. So now we're living at home longer or going back to living with our parents until we set ourselves up. So like we're thinking, I guess, more in a, like a realistic for what the economic realities are and also not like, adhering to what the traditional norms are. And, you know, divorce rate is lower because people honestly want to wait longer now, especially now these most recent times, to get married. And so these dynamics are all shifting. And Mm -hmm. me, I guess to answer your question, I would say if I had a kid now, that's, you know, I'm ready to take on that challenge. Because, you know, a lot of times, what do they say? Like, you survived teenage adulthood. Like, you're not a statistic. You didn't have a kid when you were too young for it. I think you get to a point where mentally you're like, you know what? Like if it happens, like you just tell yourself, I'm ready. Like I'm grateful, like secure financially. I have a family, like you said, the village. But I say all of this to say that I like to put my pieces of the puzzle together. Like Mm -hmm. I would want to share doing my job and the perks of doing my job with someone and travel and see the world. And like, because what I hear from people like you, which who I love, my parents is like, once you have a kid, it's, you can't unhave it. Like it comes out and stays here. So mm-hmm. if you want to like enjoy that period of your life with someone you're dating, your partner, someone you're married to, like I kind of look forward to that experience of like, all right, like we're together. All right. We saw the world. We had our adventures, even if it's for like a year or two. And it's like, all right, now we're transitioning to like, we have the house. We have the stability. We've got it out of our system, like yeah. the turn of, out of our system. And now, you know, settle down. So it's funny because I talk to my friends. I'm like, how many do you want? Like, that's a conversation. How many kids do you want? I, I love four. Like, four in my household was great. Just because everyone, like, you have the pair and it's even. So it's like not no odd person out. So four worked out. So, like, for me, I would say minimum of three, maximum of six. Like, I can't. I can't. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> Janae. I love your conversation because you sound like a person who's never pushed out a baby. To pick out four (laughs) to six kids. But let me just say this in terms of my advice. One, live your life. Enjoy your career. Go after it. Be amazing and do that. Two, you obviously need a man to have a child. Well, I shouldn't even say that anymore because now you don't even need a man. But let's just say you want to go to route where you're going to need a man or you want a man. To have a child. Yes. I think it's important to enjoy the relationship with the person first before adding yes. children. Again, just my advice through my experience that um, I enjoyed my time with my husband, whether it was travel or hanging out or movie night or getting together with friends and having, you know, drinks or going out dancing. I love dancing. Enjoy your relationship first. Kids are no joke. Now, people talk about kids and the little cute little outfits and the little pink and the blue and all that little fuzzy stuff and the, ba- and the baby shower. All that is fuzzy and fluff. When you come home with a human being that is crying and you don't know why and is wet and cannot communicate for at least one year, it is the hardest thing you will ever do and experience. So just know The idea of children is different than actually having them daily and being responsible for how you impact their lives and how you take care of them. It is a huge deal to sign up for, and it is not a 50-50 split at all. It is probably an 85-15, and that's what a good husband, (laughs) because (laughs) we are forever changed because that child, that connection that we have from carrying that child changes you forever. Your level of love changes forever. And what you sacrifice and decisions you make based on that child will change forever. So not to be taken lightly at all. It is serious. And then when you talk about adding the child in your career, this is where it also gets 
a little sticky because you then start to make decisions in relationship to your career based around your child. And so that's where the sacrifice comes for, whether it was for me to retiring. Yes, I could still play basketball. I could have played for probably five more years. I played and really been effective out there. But the sacrifice for me was my children. The fact that they didn't ask to be here. I had them and I'm just so competitive. I wanted to be with my kids and raise them and have them call me mommy and really know their mom and not be like they're with the nanny. That was a decision I made. Then also career-wise, I could have coached a long time ago. I could have done different broadcast jobs that I wasn't willing to make the complete full sacrifice to be away from my kids just to make money. So career is an amazing thing to have, but just know that when you add a child to it, you will come to a road where you're going to have to make a decision and give up something, or you can sacrifice the relationship with the child to have your career. It's an interesting idea and concept and every mom faces that challenge. Every mom does not have the ability to make the choice to choose a child. They have to choose work in order to feed the child. So you're in an amazing place and state and blessed enough to have an amazing career. But just know when you add a child, you will come to a point where you're going to have to make some big decisions. I know. That's why I got you. Hey, you're going to go visit Aunt Lisa. You're going to visit Aunt Lisa for two weeks. Drop a bomb. That's a sacrifice. That's the sacrifice. It is. You will cry. I got you. And anytime, anytime Lauren and MJ need to come back here to LA, you need a little break. Tell Mm -hmm. them Auntie Nay's got them. All right. See, but don't be having them with the snake around the neck. No, never. First of all, nah, I get it. That was, I'm sorry. I had to laugh at that. I was laughing. Wait, before we wrap up on this though, Lisa, I want to know. What was something like, did MJ or Lauren come home that you're like, what in the world besides the snake? Because all these parents have these funny situations about what their kids wore, what they ate or something. Do you remember any of those days? Oh, plenty, plenty. My kids are so funny to me. Uh, I remember when um, Lauren was like, mom, MJ saying potty words. And I'm like, what? (laughs) He's saying bad potty words. And I'm like, well, what did he say? She's like, he said, I'm going to hit you in the gut. And I'm like, the gut? She's like, yeah, and that's a potty word. I'm just like, Lauren, gut? That's not a bad word. Well, it's a potty word to me, and I don't like it. She's like stormed out. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, their relationship is so amazing. My kids will sit in the same chair in any room, a room full of their sofas and chairs they can sit. They sit in the same chair together. They watch TV together. They play video games together. Like, you would swear Lauren and MJ were, like, stuck at the hip. In fact, they came up with a nickname for themselves, Lim J. That means Lauren and MJ. So when I call them, I'm supposed to say, Lim J, come here. Lim J. <laughs> that means I want both of them to come here. I love, listen, for me, with my kids, my kids get in trouble for one thing, which they never get in trouble for, and that is hitting each other, which they don't do, because that was, like, number one rule. I don't care what's happening. You don't put your hands on one another. I think the second thing is just love. You have to teach your children how to love one another, how to hug and how to say goodnight and be respectful and recognize that's going to be her best friend. Her little brother will be her best friend. And one day his little friends, she's going to be looking at like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he will be looking at her friends. So I try to explain to them the importance of family, relationship, and love. Uh, what else could I tell you? Funny stories with my kids. I remember the time Lauren got taught drinking soda. She's not supposed to tell my kids have never had soda except the time that Lauren had soda, right? But I always tell her, I said, oh, God, I don't like that because he just told me. Her little friend was like, Lauren, thank you so much for the soda. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, so you had soda, huh? <laughs> you know, okay, just- okay. On the other side, though, Lisa, huh. what is the moment where you are the most proud of Lauren or MJ? You know what I'm most proud of? I'm most proud of the way that people talk to me about my children when I'm not around. I think that is the true sign of when people are like, oh my God, they send me little emails or your daughter is so sweet and so smart and so kind and so helpful. And like just all of the adjectives that people could tell you about your children when you're not there. Uh, I remember when Lauren uh, was over a friend's house and she came downstairs and she was like, I'm going to talk to you. And I'm like, what? She was like, the kids are putting on makeup. And um, they asked me if I wanted some. 
And I said, oh, what did you say? And she was like, no, I'm not allowed to have makeup. And I was like, I'm very proud of you. That's a good decision because you could have went ahead and put on some makeup because that's what everybody else was doing. But you know you're not allowed to wear makeup. So I appreciate my children behaving and doing the things that they should do when I'm not around. It's easy to behave when your parents are there, but it's a it takes a special choice to do the right thing when your parents aren't. Oh, I love it. I'm <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I'm ready, but I'm not. I'm going to pace it out. You'll be the first one, and I'll be like, Lisa, it's time. It's game time. It's go time. I got a couple years. I got a couple years. I will tell you this. I I still got a couple years. I'm a a couple years away. Yeah, you said you were 28? Yes. You got between now, 35. You be good. Don't worry. Don't rush. Trust me. Yeah, you're right. You're right, sis. Don't rush. What's that video say? Don't rush. Don't rush. Hey. <laughs> Don't rush. No, I'm just Don't rush. Okay, guys, listen. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to be talking to the Tashina Arnold. Stay tuned. You guys, today, I can't even tell you how excited I am to talk to this very special, talented guest, actress, comedian, singer. Before some of y'all are going to have to Google, but I'm going to tell you, Little Shops of Horror, that's what did it for me back in the day when you were what, like 15 years old. We have the beautiful, talented Tashina Arnold. You guys may know her from, of course, the most popular sitcom, Martin as Pam, or Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, And now she's in the neighborhood on CBS. Shout out to CBS. We appreciate y'all bringing in shows that are for our people. Welcome, 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 my love, my friend, my Ken Syrian. Her birthday is June 28th. Mine is July 7th. So we keep it popping because we are a lot alike. Welcome to (laughs) Sheena. Thank you for having me, Lisa and Sinead. Thank you so much. It's my honor to be here. And I told my sister, she better make it happen because <laughs> I, if Lisa Leslie calls me, yes, ma'am. I'm that damn phone. <laughs> Why do you think I'm here? <laughs> you know, I like to connect the dots. I love people who have positive energy. You and I connected years ago when I got a chance to be on Martin. But even beyond that, watching you with Elijah on Instagram and you just mommying it and having an amazing career. You know, my first question to you is just as a mom and started acting at the age of 15, how do you look back on your career and where you've come from career-wise and while raising your beautiful daughter who's 16 now, Elijah? (laughs) 16 going on 25. Right. Uh, The way I look back is that I realize every day how blessed I am. You know, I come from, you know, a praying family and God has really blessed me to do what I love to do. So literally, I've been waking up every day doing what I love to do, actually, since the age of three. You know, I started singing in church at the age of three is when I told my mom, you know, I want to sing. Yeah. Put me up in front of the church. And from that moment. When I sang in front of the congregation, I just was like, it was no turning back for me. I felt it was just, it's just something that happened and it's a feeling. And I was three and I remembered it. I remembered it. And the church still has the the table, the little brown table to this day. And I just always think of how blessed I am. Like even on my bad days, rainy days, the sad days, the, you know, unbalanced days, Mm -hmm. um, I look back on my life and I'm like, I have nothing to be upset about. I have so much to be grateful for. So I uh, always promise God that whatever it is that I do, I'll do wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. because he's allowed me a platform and that platform uh it's a lot of responsibility now that i am a mother mm-hmm. and now that i am portraying a mother you know you know once i start playing mothers and it was no turn <laughs> back, i'm like oh lord i'm gonna be a mother for the rest of my life so there goes the sexy <laughs> <laughs> but just to be able to look back at my life and be able to say that i'm blessed and i'm still blessed despite adversity i'm still blessed well, Miss Tashina, you know, one thing I love about being a woman and the power that we have is that we're versatile 
and we can balance so many things at once. And I've seen this firsthand in the WNBA, and I've heard Lisa's stories about you might be breastfeeding at halftime. Um, <laughs> do you have a day? <laughs> do you have a day that you sort of come back to and you're like, man, I really did that when it came to mothering and then also working? Oh, Lord. Let, let's just say I had a moment when I was pregnant with Elijah. I was doing the Chitlin circuit and I was doing this play. Billy D. Williams was in it. <laughs> and I was I was supposed to be, you know, the vixen. The sexy lady. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, I was supposed to seduce Billy D. Williams. And, you know, it was just wonderful being able to say that I worked with him. But I was five months pregnant at the time. So I remember they had to change all my outfits. So I wore all these baby doll tops but I'm still in like five inch heels. And, you know, now that I think about it, I feel bad for the rest of the people, the rest of the cast. Cause every time I like would do a move, they would be, I could hear them from behind go, <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I never fell, never did any of that. But I said, wow, you hear about women, you know, all of my friends, I was kind of last of the Mohicans to get, you know, pregnant. And I heard all these stories from my friends saying, you know, yeah, well, you know, when you get in your last trimester, you're going to be, you know, you're going to start nesting. And I was like, what the hell is nesting? Like, you know, it's like you kind of start preparing for the baby and stuff. I said, look, I ain't got no time for no damn nesting. I got to make that money. So I was literally, I I nested on stage. I nested while I was work. My nesting was making them chips. Mm -hmm. So not saying that that was a good or smart idea. But this is how much I've been just in show business and just loving what I do. It's like, you know, I did not allow pregnancy to even stop me until, you know, I was pulled off the stage. I was like, yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. Time for you to go. Time to go. Cut, wrap it, time for you to go. Because, uh, you know, I just did it till I couldn't do it anymore. So I've always uh, tried to balance motherhood with mm-hmm. work. It was always God, work, and then, you know, everything else. And Mm -hmm. now it's God, motherhood, and everything else. And so to this day, I'm still practicing. I'm still working it out, being the best mom that I could be. I didn't didn't plan to be a single mother. You know, we all have those dreams of, oh, you know, I'm going to get married and blah, 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 blah. But it didn't happen that way. I didn't get pregnant until I was 34 years old. So, you know, God bless me with Elijah and I got her when I got her, you know? And I, I, thought, I was like, yeah, you know, why did I decide to wait so late to get pregnant? And someone said, you know, no, you just fulfilled your career first. And yeah. some women said, you know, do it opposite. So it just, it happens when it's supposed to happen. But, you know, I, to this day, I, I still balance motherhood and work. And it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy. But it's a little easier now that Elijah, you know, she could, you know, tell me, you know, uh, you know give me a piece of her mind. She right. Went, <laughs> so Tashina, well, first we, we we can't skip over the absolute classic of Martin and mm-hmm. the fact that everybody hates Chris show. These were in our classics. Do you look at yourself as a black sitcom legend or just a legend amongst actors and actresses? I never looked at myself as a legend until people start calling me that. I swear really? to God, I'd never, I don't even look at myself as a celebrity or so well, I'll say celebrity, but as a star or anything like that, never. And I tell people this all the time is because I started off in show business as a child. So I worked for free. I worked for food. I, I just wanted to work. So my intentions were completely different than a lot of people who are getting into show business at a later age. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I was driven by my passion of wanting to do it. But when that passion starts and is culminates as a child, that it's kind of hard to tell people, oh, well, you know, I I was in it to, for this reason, or I was in it for that mm-hmm. reason. I did it because it's just what I knew how to do because yeah. of what I loved, how loved, you know, doing it. And people would say, oh, well, you know, you're a legend. You're a legendary. I was like, wow, that's some heavy shoes to fill. You know, yeah. it's some heavy shoe when you really think about it. So I think between that and then having my daughter, that's when I realized what I did was I had to be very responsible with it. Mm-hmm. You know, with the roles that I take, with, you know, I, you know, got to the point when I had my daughter and by the time she, you know, started watching TV and I'm like, 
ooh, there's certain worlds that I'm not going to be able to take. Right. Not that I took them before, but like, you know, if I decided that I want to take, you know, a little racy role. So I kind of waited till she got a little older so I could, you know, explain it to her. But there were a lot, you know, I thought about it. I was like, there was times where I didn't have two pennies to rub together and still didn't take certain work if it didn't suit me morally. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's just a, a matter of being at a place where you're comfortable. So I see my so-called legendary status as I, you know, I passed, um, what is that? The hands of time. Like, you know, I, I was able to withstand the test of time. There you go. And that's how I see my career. It's, I, I still see myself as a working actress because I'm still working, praise God. But there were more, you know, there was a long time I didn't work. I didn't work a long time after Martin. It was a bit a minute till I booked and uh, contracted show. Uh, so I think I've stood the test of time. So that's kind of what I have over the average person coming in and getting their first show. I'm able to give people experiences because I've, you know, stood the test of time, you know, and not everybody survives. I, there was a lot of people that I came mm-hmm. up with that are no longer acting, no longer singing, no 100%. longer doing what, you know, they love doing and God has blessed me to continue. So, you know, I, I want to be able to do it till the day I die, till I say, oh, you know, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you absolutely are, Mr. Sheena, timeless. And you're talking about the plethora of roles that you've played. You're currently at a point where you're on the sitcom, The Neighborhood, opposite of Cedric the Entertainer, which is so dope. And um, your premiere of the third season is happening in a few weeks. Congratulations on that. Um, but what is it like to be part of a... I mean, I guess this is just what you do. You just crank out hits. But uh, being a part of another great show and also a show that is making a lot of impact because I believe it will also touch upon today the current state of which Black Lives Matter is really dictating what is happening and it's coming front and center to the conversations. Yes. I Once again, I'm blessed. I wanted to do this show for two main reasons. I wanted to do The Neighborhood because I auditioned for it uh, like everybody else. And it just so happened to be my last audition for the whole uh, season. And I said, you know... I want to, I want to, I want to get on another show, but I don't know, you know, I'm, I think I want to do some drama again. You know, I love being on Survivor's Remorse. So it's just a matter of, you know, what I felt like I wanted to feel what the temperature was as far as show business was concerned. And I said, okay, I could, you know, do, you know, go back to doing a, a multi-camera, uh, which is a great job to have. And you, you know, people will tell you, mothers will tell you, actor mothers will tell you, if you book a multicam, it's a great gig to have because it's more of a set schedule so you can be a, a better mother. You can be mm-hmm. a better parent. Can you explain to us what multicam is? Multicam is when you have four cameras in the room that shoot you in front of an audience. Sometimes it's in front, most of the time it's in front of an audience. So that's how our show was shot. Not any longer from the COVID, but um, multicam is where you have four cameras cameras. Uh, Survivor's Remorse was a single camera. Even mm. though there are two cameras, or maybe there's an A camera, B camera, and sometimes a C camera, it's just shot in a different way. Multi-camera is like back in the day, it was like uh, to tape. It's, you know, it's a lot of technical things. Yeah, We're learning. I love it. <laughs> you know, the multi-camera show is a great gig to have, especially for a parent. But I wanted to audition for this for the neighborhood because I've known Cedric 20-something years. And I was like, Cedric, I, I realized I hadn't worked with Cedric. I've never worked with him. We've never really? done it. In addition to, I was never on a major network. When I did Martin, Martin was on Fox. Fox back yeah. then, Fox was an independent network. Mm-hmm. So it was an HBO mm. show, which was an HIP independent production. But it was, you know, nobody knew of Fox until uh, the Wayans. Keenan Ivory Wayans blew Fox up. Yeah. Keenan Ivory Wayans was one of the reasons why Fox is what Fox is today. So for me to be able to have an opportunity to work with Cedric, I was very happy about that. And Cedric told me, he said, why didn't you tell me? I thought you was working. I would have gave you the role. I was like, motherfucker, why you? I wouldn't audition if that was the case. (laughs) You know, he thought I was working, as Mm -hmm. does a lot of people in the industry. So I'm, you know, I got to make sure I tell people, hey, I'm not working. I make the announcement. Hey, I'm not working. I'm yes. available. <laughs> so listen, you got to tell me about 
doing Survivor's Remorse, which I loved, watched every episode. I know that LeBron James had something to do with that show, but you played a basketball mom. Mm-hmm. How was that? How was that playing a basketball mom? And then shout out to my girl, Erica Ash, and yes, just the Erica. whole cast. I, I loved it. Loved it. Yes. I, you know, being on that show taught me a whole lot because it was a single, it was single camera. Yes. So <laughs> we had an A and B camera, sometimes a C, depending upon how big the scene was. But um, I loved every moment of it because it allowed me, it was a different pace, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Malley produced that show and LeBron James uh, and, and, um, Lord have mercy. Maverick Carter. Maverick Carter. Thank you, Zanae. Oh, yeah. Maverick Carter. Yeah. <laughs> My sister's such a good manager. Uh, Maverick Carter, they um, produced that show. So I thought doing Survivor's Remorse was a great opportunity for, for me to do a single camera because it was a little more serious. Yeah. It was a comedy, but it was a very smart show. I it thought. Was. And I, why did it go away? I mean, I love that. You know, things change. You know, Dang. people change. The, you know, the producers never, they get fired to get hired. They're like coaches. Producers yeah. are just like coaches. They get hired to get fired. That's what I was told. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> they move around. They yes. move around. Right. They, don't, they don't really go away. They're still in the industry. They just are part of different projects. So I wanted to be a part of Survivor's Remorse. Everybody Hates Chris was a single cam as well, but I couldn't mm-hmm. curse. You know, it was on UPN. But being on that show taught me a lot, too. It was the first time I was a mother. And Ali Leroy and Chris Rock, like, just had me, like, oh, you know, chopping it out, you know, getting it out because it was just a fast pace kind of, you know, it was a lot of dialogue and yeah. being able to just, I just loved the content. So I just, I loved doing it. I was hesitant about playing a mother for the first time. I was like, ugh. But um, it was yeah. a, just all great experiences um, on different types of shows. I want to be able to do everything in show business. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do a one woman show not going to do stand-up. That's not happening. Out of everything, I'm not going to do stand-up. But I love being able to be a part of wonderful productions, good pieces of work. I see it as like artwork to me. You know, being a part of good shows, it's like artwork. You buy a good piece of artwork and you put it on your wall and say, yeah, okay, got that, did that. So on to the next. So So Tashina, let's move from your movie TV life to real life. You and Elijah, you guys have just, I mean, shown the world through your videos on Instagram. For those listening, you need to follow her on Instagram to see the videos <laughs> with you and Elijah between the girl, the dancing and the singing. Let's first talk about Elijah's talent. This baby can dance and sing. Yes. Uh, is she interested in acting? Like, what? what's the deal on the baby? Oh no! Let's let me let her tell it. She surpassed me. She's yeah. like, um, uh, yeah, I'm better than you, which she really is. Like, my daughter possesses far more than I had at her age. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, she could dance, sing, and act. So, you know, I kept, you know, we would ask her, like, what do you want to be? A triple threat? That's her. That's her. I said, baby, well, that's not an occupation. You know, she's yeah. like, what? <laughs> you don't hey. want to be a veterinarian. You don't want to be a school teacher. She's like, no. I want to be a triple threat. Yeah. And uh, she actually is. Uh, yeah. Debbie Allen stole her from me at the age of three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, at four, four. I was telling uh, Debbie, I said, well, Debbie, I want to get her into your school, the, you know, Debbie Allen Dance Academy, mm-hmm. because Elijah could really dance. Because I used to take my Helio phone. Back in the day, we had the Helio phone. <laughs> Helio phone. And I was just like, recorder. And I'm like, yo, she could really dance. Yeah. And Debbie said, child, you know, I don't take. Uh, take them before they, you know, when they're out of pampers. I was like, no, she's in pull up, but she's good. Like, right. I'm telling you, she can do it. And, you know, my mom, she was like, no, I don't. T-. So somehow I, you know, I, I, d- I did a production with Debbie because I, you know, I try to work with Debbie every year because she does these wonderful yes. So that's why I told Debbie, you know, I will always try to be there when you call on me because you are keeping arts alive. And I respect that. Yes. So I was doing something and I guess a lot, my, I told my mom, I said, well, bring Elijah. We'll sneak Elijah in. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> So Debbie came to me, she said, uh, we put Elijah in one of the, I, think, I guess one of the kids took her to the hip hop class. And Debbie came and she said, child, why you ain't tell me that baby can dance? I said, I've been trying to tell you. Yes. So from that moment on, 
Elijah has been around show business all her life. Mm -hmm. I started off as a mom saying, no, I don't want her part of the business. Mm -hmm. It's just too crazy, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, that wasn't happening. And actually, Billy D. Williams was the first person who told me that Elijah was going to be very talented, that she was going to be gifted. Yeah. I, we had a scene where I would sing this song. I guess they call it the 11 o'clock song. So, but it was a real heartfelt song. And mind you, only the cast knows that I'm five months pregnant. After I sing that song, I come off stage and then, you know, we come out for the bows. Mm -hmm. So Billy, he's always waiting, you know, for me. You know, when I get off stage, he was always sitting there waiting for to go out for the bows. Mm -hmm. And one night I got off stage singing and, you know, he looks at me, he's like, my God. He says, do you, I mean, your, your voice is just so powerful. Do you know? How, how amazing that baby is going to be. I mean, she's going to, and he just started calling me and talking about Elijah. And I just was, okay, Billy, thank you. But everything he said just it's came. It's called apart. manifesting. He started yes, manifesting, yes, yes, speaking yes, over yes. her life. Amen. Yes. <laughs> I, I got goosebumps even hearing that. Like, that's just so <laughs> special how it just passes on from generation to generation. And, you know, you talked about how Elijah, she can sing, she can act, she can dance. Now I have a question. How was she doing with driving? Because I saw your social media <laughs> and I know that was stressful. How is she doing out there? Because that's the real aspects that mothers worry about. Woo! Driving, teaching her how to drive really made me see and realize what it feels to be, be a single mother. I was just like, oh God, I gotta, I gotta teach her how to drive. Like, you know, as a mom for female, you know, you don't teach them, you know, hygienics and all of that stuff, but you don't, you know, you don't think about the driving. And she was like, mom, I really want to drive. So I said, you know, let me just, let me take the time out and teach her. Mm -hmm. And she's actually really good. She's really good. So I get her uncles to tea help me. But the way we even started doing those Instagram videos was at five years old, I would have to drop her off to preschool. No, not five. What's, what's, when are you in your first yeah, grade? Yeah, five. Kindergarten. Five, first grade. First grade. What's oh, first five or six. Yes. Taking her to school. And you know, they get in that age, that with that age, they want to wear what they want to wear. Oh, I don't want to wear this. I don't, I don't want to wear that shoe. I, I was just <laughs> like, oh my God. So we had a long drive. It was an hour drive to every day because I would go to work, drop her off at the school that's near Paramount Studios. So oh. I was just like, oh my God. This is a headache. So every morning, like every other morning, we're fighting. By the time I drop her off, I'm like, get out. Just yeah. get out. <laughs> so one day I said, you know, let me just record. Let's just record because I wa wanted her to sing more. She refused to sing for me for the longest. And I knew she could sing. I said, Elijah, you should start singing. No, I don't want oh, Okay. So I would put on my, my camera, my phone, and I'll just start singing. And then she'll start singing. And I started playing it back for her. And she would, you know, she could hear herself. Oh. So that's when she started getting it. Yeah. You were well ahead of the, the video <laughs> in the car, huh? Wow. Well, you know, I had to think quick. You know, as a, as a mom, you sometimes you got to think, think quick and you got to take advantage of situations. And it actually calmed our rise because mm -hmm. what it did, it allowed us to interact with each other. So I said, you know what? Let's sing your favorite song. Yeah. So we would sing her favorite song because I noticed I was only listening to my music. Yeah. And I posted a video and I posted it on my Instagram page. And I had so many, like I had single dads, single moms. I had grandmothers, oh. aunts. I had so many people hitting me back, said, could you please post some more videos? Because we thought we were the only ones, you know, going through this in the yeah. morning, you know, getting these kids off the school. So that's why I call it school morning playlist. Nice. So that while you're going, because you have a lot of kids that don't take the bus. They're mm -hmm. in the cars with their parents going to school. And it's just not easy in the morning time, you know, especially if I didn't have my coffee. I mean, it might be off, like they might <laughs> you know, off. So I just, I just, that's what made me start posting more videos uh, to help other people. I try to do things to help other people. Things are not just about, and I can be real self-centered, trust me, but what's the point? Yeah. 
if somebody's not getting something from it. So I don't mind sharing my pain if somebody else is able to learn uh, from my pain. So you talked about taking Elijah to school in Paramount, which is, we know you're going by in Hollywood, you're going by the studios. How were you able to keep her grounded, although she has really been surrounded by stars and in Hollywood pretty much all her life? Uh, you, by the people that I surround her. I police her. Mm-hmm. I love well. that word. What do you say? We police? I police, police her very mom. well. Yeah, you know, you, 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 because I, I don't want her to feel smothered. My mom didn't smother me, mm-hmm. but she was an amazing mom and she ain't play. You know, she's like, look, when I was 12 years old, my mom said, look, I can't miss another day of work. I cannot miss another day of work taking you on these auditions. Is this what you really want to do? And I was like, yes, I really want to do this. My mom showed me how to take three trains and a bus. We were from Queens, New York. I would take three trains and a bus every day to go to school, to go to my auditions. Uh, but once she showed me one time, I was good. I used to, I used to have to take my sister with me. She was three years younger. Mm-hmm. I was, we were, so we were latchkey kids yeah. because my, I come from that era where my mom was home. But then, you know, there was a liberation for women, you know, back in the, in, in the early yeah. 60s, especially for black women. And so, you know, and then there was a point where women, we couldn't live off of one income. My dad was a police officer. So... You know, his income was cool, but, you know, inflation is happening. So mm-hmm. now my mom's got to go to work. So mm-hmm. neither of my parents are at home, and my sister and I became latchkey kids. But my mom trusted me enough to be responsible. So I learned responsibility at an early age, and that's what I, I've been teaching Elijah. She's the only child for me. But I try to teach her responsibility, to be responsible with whatever it is that you have. But... I got people watching her all the time. (laughs) All the time. I love that. You got to police these babies. Tashina, we appreciate you just opening up your heart, telling us about your amazing career and singing and acting and taking care of Elijah. But we have something that's called rapid fire. And before we let you go, we're going to have to ask you some rapid fire questions. What book is on your nightstand right now? Oh, Octavia Butler, Mind of My Mind. I love it when quick answers come for that one. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Sheena, what is your biggest splurge? Boots. Boots? (laughs) Boots with the fur. You got some boots? I love boots. Some some Mary J boots, like all the way to the knee? I am a boot bitch. And I mean that in the most endearing of terms. Hi, hi. My shoe game is no joke. Your shoe game is no joke. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, we love it. We love it. Okay. What are three things eight-year-old Tashina would have in her pocket? Oh, food. I used to hoard food. I was the skinniest <laughs> thing alive. Yes, I used to hoard food. Oh my God. They used to find White Castle. Uh, uh, <laughs> the White Castle. Yeah, burgers in my pocket. I used to save food. I don't know why I hoard food. Um uh food, oh lip gloss and Kleenex. Cause my nose always went. I had a lot of allergies, so yeah. You, you were snotty nose. Yeah, I wasn't snotty nose. And I wanted. I didn't want to be snotty nose. Oh, okay. At least you was keeping it clean. You weren't showing up like Roscoe. I know. Oh, Roscoe. Oh God. Every time he did that character, I just wanted to throw up. Oh, I love Roscoe. <laughs> this one might be hard because you're pretty much great at so many things. But what is a talent not in your chosen profession that no one else really knows that you're good at? Man, I want to say rapper, but I suck. Cause if it, if it was up to me, man, I'd be the I'd be the best rapper alive, y'all. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Like, oh man, I just love uh, like I just love it. But who's your I, favorite rapper? Since you said, oh gosh, I don't have a favorite. You have a favorite. Yeah, favorite I'm not, female rapper. I know all of them. I'm not. Oh yeah, no, y'all ain't going down that line. All right, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Okay. But I, I do have other talents, but I, you know, I used to make, I'm just really good. I'm really good with my hands. I had a company called China Moon Rags. So I'm really good with, um, you know. What, things. baking or like sewing? Not so, because I don't have to sew. So it's like, uh, uh, I do it with my hands. I um, glue 
um stones. Oh, so like D, D, what is it? D, yeah. Mm -hmm. Putting stuff together, bedazzling things, maybe. Bedazzling things, yes. Okay, okay, I like that. Okay, so um, who was the last person you kissed? Inquiry minds want to know. Don't be minding my business, Lisa (laughs) Netflix. Oh gosh, like kiss, kiss, or kiss, kiss. You can just say Elijah. Both. We'll keep it moving. <laughs> we'll say Elijah. Yes, yeah, Elijah. Elijah. <laughs> um, what is the song that's stuck in your head right now? Oh Lord, have mercy. Elijah's song. She got a song. No, she has a, oh, she, Elijah's an amazing writer. Her dad is a songwriter. He wrote a lot of amazing songs, but Elijah has this song called Happy With You. Oh, so, and it, I was singing it all day today. For some reason, it was in my brain. Oh, all day. Yes. Happy With You. Shout out to Elijah. We got to have her. Yes. We need to have some her music. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And what is the mantra that you would say uh, stays front and center in your life? Oh, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Oh, I love that. Well, Tashina, we are going to let you go. We appreciate you taking time on your set while working in between to be front and center with Cheney and I. Sending you Thank so much you. love, sis. You owe me a favor, and I appreciate Listen, you. Giving it me is a what favor. it is, Lisa. You know, I will always try to be there for you as best as I can because yeah. it takes us helping one another and not just talking about it. We got to be about it. I don't want to just be a talker. I want to be about what I say. And thank you because you are an amazing role model. You are, you have been beautiful for, for since I met you on Martin, you are still the same beautiful woman that I met back then, which is, I I, I always want to make sure that you know that because I appreciate you. I appreciate you for what, everything that you do for black women. I don't know you. Shanae. Uh, Shanae. Cause you know what? I grew up with a girl named Shanae and I want to say Shanae. So Shanae is beautiful. Thank you. Honestly, this is a great platform for us to speak and share and enjoy one another. So I appreciate it. Thank you. My love. Mwah. Please, that was so much fun. I hope I'm like part of your girl gang. Like I want to be a part of the group chat because she is hilarious. Miss Tashina is awesome. But unfortunately, that's the end of our show. So make sure you guys subscribe to our show on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, so we need you guys to show us some love. Let us know what you think of our show. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up. First of all, on Instagram, at Lisa Leslie. Or at Lisa Leslie on Twitter, where you can find my girl, Chanae. Yes, and I'm at Chanae on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can send us an email. Where, Lisa, can they send us an email? They can send us an email at frontandcenter at bluewirepods.com. That's frontandcenter at bluewirepods.com. See you next time. Bye. Bye.